guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 10, Episode 16. I'm Jack. I'm ASD. I'm Jay. I'm Dan. I'm Don. And there's five of us this week. What a treat. What a New Year's treat for everybody listening, eh? Five of us to talk about Spurs and a week where we've bounced back with a pretty comfortable and convincing victory against Leeds. So that's the best place for us to start. So, I mean, 3-0, clinical in front of goal, excellent going forwards. What did everyone make of the performance and the result? I loved it. I mean, I I loved seeing... um, I mean, that's probably the longest I've watched Leeds for this season. Because I sort of tune in and out of of, of, of of moments of Leeds. I've watched Leeds against Liverpool, who incidentally have just gone 1-0 down to Southampton, as we record. Okay. Danny Ings on two minutes. That's only uh, his 50th Premier League goal. You would have thought it'd be more, wouldn't it? Wouldn't you? Danny Ings? Yes. Yeah. I've always thought we should sign him at some point. Just as yeah, a, he's, bit, he's like a Charlie Austin. When he popped up for yeah. with his West Brom with his frosted tips, I was like, what's going on here? Yeah. He, he's hit rock bottom. Yeah. But but I think I think I think I mean yeah well back to Leeds I think they they look, they 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 were I was impressed with them as I always have been whenever I watch them, um, but I was equally impressed with how well we sort of nullified them, and it was a bit strange listening to the BT Sport commentary, um, whacking off about how good they were yeah they were good in their transition and moving the ball one touch, they they were very very good but I think we nullified them really well we were on our game. Yeah, and and the tactic of knocking it long into space to 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 uh, to, to to sorry did work work to treat for twenty twenty five minutes. Did they not? Did they play into our hands, Leeds? Because I mean, they were getting praised a lot, right? By all the pundits saying that it's incredibly brave the way that they're approaching the season. But do you think that they played into our hands? Do you think they're a bit naive with the way they approached the game against us? Yes, very much. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, I think that they were. Sorry, you go down. Oh, I was going to say um. Before the game, um, I was chatting to a couple of guys um, and saying that uh, we watched it in a bar. And um, we uh, I have to say, I didn't watch it in the UK. I watched it in Australia. So just to clarify that, um, it was um, <laughs> I was saying that, it, you know, we're, there's a good chance that we could be two, three nil up at half time, mm. you know, because of the space that they'll allow us last to get behind them. Um, the fact that they commit so many forward. I I honestly thought that we, that this is the perfect game for us to actually start scoring goals again. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be the case. We, um, uh, yes, they were committing people forward, but it allowed us to, um, uh, to just to, to play our, our system. And, um, and yeah, play it, play it well. I think um, if you if you were to look at say like the three minute highlights that you get over here uh, on your phone, um, it looks as if it's all leads with their with their chances. But I think um, in terms of the chances that we tend to give the opposition, I've noticed that they're very restricted in where they can actually shoot because of the positioning of our defence and. It makes it a hell of a lot easier for Loris to know where the shot is going to go, which means that they're not really that um, that great of chances that we're we're giving away. The only problem that we have with that is if there's deflection, which was the case for Liverpool. But in terms of the Liverpool game, we also the Leeds game, we um, yeah, we um, they really did play into us, uh, play into our hands in terms of the system that we play in, mm. and um, that got that movement by Sonny and the pass by um, mm. by Kane for the second goal was was outstanding. It's undefendable, isn't it? It's like yeah, it, really there is nothing you can do to stop that goal. As soon as Kane yeah. plays that pass, yeah. it's in the back of the net. It's just it's well, so clinical. Well, yeah. even before he played it, um, he, as soon as he turned and got that space. You could see what was going to happen. Yeah. You could see it from a mile off, and but the defence couldn't do anything about it because yeah. because of the angle of the run that he's coming at and I the pace that he, was, he attacked it. Was it Luke Aylin, the Leeds defender after the game, sort of said that in his interview as well, didn't he? He was like, sometimes you're just going to come up against players in this league that you're like, 
we can't stop that. And that was what the second goal was. Um, Don, you were gonna you were gonna um, chip in with a with a comment. What, what was your opinion on it? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of um, agreeing with what Jay had said about about that. But I just wanted to add that I feel that us missing the Fulham game had something to do with the intensity of the Spurs team. I think I just feel like had we played Fulham, would we have been as energetic? I don't think so. I feel like that us missing a game was actually a godsend, really. It's mm. kind of got us back into that that pattern of attacking. Was I feel that with the games coming quite thick and fast, just missing a game and having that time to just... I mean, it's not really a rest, if you think about it. It's not that big a rest, but it's it's normal that if you're playing one one game a week kind of rest rather than two games it, it, it felt as if there was just that bit more energy in the team I don't know, I don't know if anyone else felt like that but I I certainly felt like that 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 missing that game was actually a good thing yeah they played midweek but it was it was I think it was only their 18th game where it was our 28th game and that with their style that could really make a difference for us but I think yeah having a bit of a rest made a difference. I reckon we could play that game a hundred times and win a hundred times. Like they, they're just not set up to play any other way. And that's the worst thing to do against the Mourinho because Mourinho does flex his style. He does have a larger philosophy, but he does have a, a style and he just neutralised it. My the worst um my nightmare would be having a Pochettino going to try and play Bielsa because it would be the two styles just going at it. Imagine how frenetic that would be. You know, that'd be crazy. I'd be really interested to see which of the, uh, you know, the Pochettino loving Spurs fans, which team they actually supported on Saturday, whether they were still following the the lead because of the Bielsa connection and who they would support in a in a PSG Spurs off. Um, but the, the awful haircuts. I don't think barbers must be considered essential workers in Leeds because they have got awful haircuts. I'm sick of the media loving for Leeds. Like they, they do run around a lot and they do play breakneck football but it it it, it's it's not going to win anything it's it's a bit bit of an odd one to fall in love with and I feel like it's a bit like when Swansea came up and had a good couple of years playing their their modern European football with Mitru banging them in and then suddenly they like the best players left and then it just sort of ran out of steam I feel like it's a bit like that um it's a hard one isn't it because it's like I feel like if I was a Leeds fan I'd rather have I'd rather be like a yo-yo team seeing that type of football yeah, than of have Sam Allardyce and well, we might not even keep West Brom up, but just be like like Burnley and just finishing like 14th, 15th every season. Like It takes nothing away from the job that Sean Dyche is doing at Burnley. But I think as a fan, they must get a point. But I'd love to I'd love to know what Burnley fans think about this. Like They're in the Premier League. They're stable. They're never going to do anything more than what they're doing ever. Like, and they've just had this big takeover. Like Nothing's going to change unless they completely change their style. It's like I feel like I'd rather be a Leeds fan and watch that type of football and maybe get promoted one year, then the next year go down. But like, there's a bit of excitement with it, whereas like, the thought of just being... Ugh, is that know, not the Pochettino-Marino thing? Is that not the... Is that not what we're in? Where do you want Pochettino and his mad? We're going to go for it, then we're going to die off and we have to take ages to do a re- sort out a new team versus Mourinho just sl- slowly getting better. I don't think so. I think I think that they're. I, I think it's a fair question, but I think that the the difference is look at where we are in the table versus you know look at where like a Burnley is, and it's like I don't. I I I still stand by the statement that I made when we got Joe's. That I don't think he's. I don't personally find his football boring. There's obviously going to be the odd game where you're a bit like, oh, this isn't great. But you're going to have that with any manager, right? But I find defensive counter-attacking football really exciting to watch. But maybe that's just me being a bit of a purist. But it's like, you know, when I play FIFA, I'm like, I want to keep a clean sheet first. Like That's that's how I go into it. So it's like, I don't know, I, just, I, I, I personally don't really have too much of a problem with style. And I'm not that, I'm not that protective about it either. I think there was more balance in our, in our style of play. I think I think we went at them, and and we were looking to move the ball much much more quickly forward. And we had options rather than just play it through Kane. Uh, we had options. It was really nice to see uh, Stevie Bergwin running a lot more. He's great. Um, and and finding pockets, and and holding the ball, bringing the ball down, holding the ball, spinning defenders. I I love that. 
it was nice. It was actually nice to see Winks get a little bit further forward as well and and complete some really interesting passes. Uh, he had a terrible game against Wolves. I think he's one of the reasons we 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 just weren't in that game mm-hmm. defensively for the last twenty twenty five minutes was was Harry Winks. So so I think I think we played we played well across the board. And actually back back to Leeds, they 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 are performing beyond their wildest expectations right now because they're beating everyone that they were supposed to beat. Yeah. And they're lo- yes, they're losing to everyone and and every team. And I know that I know this because I know I, I know them. Every team has a like Brighton. Yeah, I know the director of football there. He's got his list of teams he knows. Yeah, he's he's probably not going to get a result against. He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind taking a shoeing from Tottenham because mm. he he was never he was never banking on those points. What he can't face is getting a shoeing from Burnley. Yeah. Um, and 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 Leeds are already there. Leeds Leeds are going to be safe. Yeah, Leeds so are safe. They're already have already got too many points, haven't they? They're already like ten points clear of the drop zone or something like that. So it's like yeah. you know they'd have to really fall apart. I'm pleased, Jay, though, that you you mentioned two players a minute ago, Harry Winks and Stephen Bergwijn. So let me mm. start with Harry Winks. I thought Harry Winks had a very good game for us actually. I thought that he moved the ball forward. He kept it ticking over. I thought I thought that was like a really solid Harry Winks performance, um, especially given that he struggled a little bit the the few games before. What, what did everyone else think of how he played? Yeah, I think yeah, he it was uneventful for him, mm. which is what he needed. He needed a game where he didn't make any any mistakes, yeah. uh, and and he showed consistency. Um, so I think um, on the on the chat, on the on the WhatsApp group, who's we saying I'd forgotten he was playing. You know, he, um, you just he was he was playing simple passes, but keeping the game flowing. Yeah. Um, so he was wasn't doing anything special, but he wasn't he wasn't making any mistakes. Which I think for someone in the middle of the park is is what we need because we've got in, in terms of the the three midfielders. Boybier is a, um, a ball winner, but also a passer. But you also need someone to to be able to to, to bounce off as well. So that's where Winks comes in. And then you've also got um, Dobele, who's who who is the the creative maestro of the midfield and the one that is able to to um, to to work um, work those tight spaces and create space. Um, and and it created a much better balance. The the only the only doubt is whether Winks was just brought in because of who we were playing. Mm-hmm. Because in a much more open game, he's much more effective. But when it's a defensive game, uh, say against Liverpool or or against um, City, he uh, where we end up sitting back. I, that's not the game for him. He's not able to be um, as as defensive minded um, as Jose would like, um, in in my personal opinion. But um, go, actually, um, just to go back to what you said about Burnley in terms of what um, what they're about, Jack. Um, clearly, you didn't live through Tottenham in the nineties because um, <laughs> yeah, you still. I, I think. Um, as a as a as a fan growing up in the nineties, um, you you got those got a few scalps, you know, from the big boys, and that that was what made the season. So you you might get a a surprise victory, and then you you walk in on a Monday morning, and you and you you know, your chest puffed out a little bit, but you've got to be in that league in order to be able to do it. And and yeah, you know, we were mid table doing nothing for ages, but then all of a sudden. It started to change, and I think um, in terms of Burnley, the longer they stay in the Premier League, the more it will eventually happen because people, mm. um, you know, investors might see it as a stable club, always in the Premier League. Give it a little bit of money, it could do something. So that's the, right. that's where I'm at. If if you look at if you look at the mo of all of those survival teams, let's call them survival teams. It's it's shut up shop, play a deep low block and hope for the best. Um, and it just so happens that there's a few with a bit more quality than others. I think Brighton have probably more quality in the transition than, than Burnley, let's say. 
and, and Sheffield United. Sheffield United look terrible, don't they? Oh, yeah. so, I reckon they'll get the lowest points because what is it, Derby on 12 from yeah. 10 years I just, ago? I can't believe that, that Wilder hasn't gone. Like, mm. I know that they're all this, yeah. you know, attachment with him and Sheffield United and what he's done for them. It's like Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, but like, at what point do you say, I get all of that, but we're going down? Because it's like there's no other outcome than Sheffield United than going down unless they literally change the manager. That's the only way they'd remarkably get out of it. He's overhauled the entire club. He's so close to the entire club. He's overhauled the training. He's overhauled the youth setup. Um, so you sort of rip him out and you rip out you rip out the essential. It's hard, isn't it? it's hard to know you what the right is. Part of the of of, of the club. Uh, you're not yeah. you're not just first team coach there. He's a lot more than first team coach, isn't he? He's the heart, Jay. He's the heartbeat. The heartbeat. <laughs> we talk about Stevie B. Well, yeah, Stephen Bergwijn. I, mean, I love is Stephen it, Bergwijn. Is it, a, is it a coincidence that he's come back into the side after missing a few games and then all of a sudden everything just seems to click? No, he. what he does is he means you can't just focus on Kane. I mean, he just drags the attention just out, out yeah. over there. He misses. He needs to sort out his shooting. We know that. He's a very young man. He's moved to a new country all of that stuff but he's a, I think he's a very useful workhorse of a footballer and I think he does so much work that you don't see off the ball I think he's one of those players where if you're in the stadium you would see how much work he does he's a bit like Hoiberg where I think he must be Mourinho's dream he just does what he he does and he's he just makes that team suddenly the pieces fall in together he's a bit like a bit on Tetris and once you it just fits that gap perfectly uh, the right back behind whoever plays behind him. It was Doherty at the weekend. It's been all right a lot this season. Must just love, love Brilliant. having Bergwijn in the team. Like he Brilliant. must just be fantastic for them. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other thing. It's like I thought Doherty uh, up until we got a soft red card had played really well. But then in, upon reflection, it's yeah. like actually that's, maybe that's because Bergwijn's there and he's just basically not got exposed and he's been able to get forward and, and play to his strengths. The same reason as why Aurier's looked really good this season. Don what do you think, uh, what do you think about Bergwijn? I'm, I'm, I agree with you there. I think Doherty, you know, he didn't do he didn't do much wrong, but it's, it's down to Bergwijn, and it's down to I was, I was trying to figure this out with Bergwijn. It's it's that he's you know a lot of Dutch players have that mentality, don't they? They know they know how to play football very young. Technically, they might not have you know all the skills there, but they you know they can do the basics and that's what I like about CVB is that he's 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 just doing the basics making sure as ASD said he he'll drag defenders away um Mourinho actually highlighted post-match that he's could be carrying an injury or has been carrying some sort of niggle with his abductor so I mean he didn't say, I mean in his own words he said that hopefully if he can stay injury free then he'll start scoring goals so I think that could be a slight issue with him at the moment in that, you know, that final third. But you can see that the goals are going to come. He's running into the right positions. There's no doubt in my mind that, you know, in key times in this season or the remainder of this season that he will score goals. Yeah. Um, and, and as for like, you know, the third part in that jigsaw, I think that, you know, if we look at the likes of Lucas, Lamella, um, even the Celso to a certain degree, none of them are, none of them, none of them have what Stevie has. None of them have that. Um, so yeah, definitely a fan. He's starting to grow a lot more on on me now, and I think he's he's a starter for me. He's, yeah. He helps the team yeah. so much that yeah, start. I agree, and I, I think with him, what yeah, there's the question mark about his his final ball, his finishing, but like. The, the positive signs are he's, he's he's missing a lot of chances and that might sound weird but it's like the worry is when he just you have no chances because it means you're not in the right position you're not making the right runs but like he could probably have scored half a dozen Premier League goals already this season yeah. and it's like yeah. it, it will click um yeah. you know it's not too dissimilar from what Sam was like in his first season do you remember like he, he got himself in a lot of positions and everyone was just a little bit like oh like we're not quite sure if this guy's cut out for the Premier League or not and then all of a sudden you know he's He's the best left left-sided striker on the planet at the moment. It's just it's incredible. So I'm not saying Bergwijn's going to reach those levels, but from what you can see so far, it's definitely encouraging. You you could easily see him becoming a Defoe, but with a bit more bully about him. Mm. Yeah, like pacey, 
Right. So strong as well, though, isn't he? In, like, the, the, I mean, the way he spun that defender for the penalty, which mm-hmm. was great work by Wiz, by the way, to pick up pick, to pick up that soft goal kick. Um, yeah. But um, but but yeah, the way he spun that defender was just awesome. I don't think it was a penalty. I know I know about the touch being made on the line. I think the touch was made outside the box. It doesn't matter because I still think I we would have battered them. I thought it was really clearly outside. Yeah. Like, I couldn't. I like, saw the replay and was like, oh, that's a free kick then. Like I couldn't quite understand it because it it didn't it didn't even look like it was on the line. It just looked like it was way outside for me. It's more <coughs> painful than the... that is trying is hearing Jermaine Jennis trying to analyse it. That hurts my heart like in it <laughs> in a really deep way. But anyway, easy just, easy game. Just, just you complain about Jermaine Genus, right? I'll I'll tell you what it was on so on the Premier League channel. So over there we've got Optus Sport. Um, but it's all from the Premier League. Do you know who the pundits were on that? You know, for before and after. Michael Owen <laughs> and and Tim Sherwood. Honestly, I cannot listen to it. It's That's so bad. It must have been good. Well, Tim Sherwood and Mike, Paul Paul Merson and Tim Sherwood. Oh. Do you remember the Michael Owen whiskey ad? Yeah. Do you remember that when he had that? He was that was it, helicopter whiskey. Yeah. Oh, really, yeah. Really, really strange advert. It wasn't it. It wasn't it for Dubai tourism or something like that. Where he was really odd. It was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Um, Kane and Son. Um, are now equal at the top with I think it's Sutton and Shearer for most goals that they've sort of created for each other with thirteen. So I mean they're going to smash that record. They so just beat Drogba and Lampard, didn't they? We, I mean, it, which is just, it's unbelievable. And given the point of the season we're in, like they could end up getting more than double what the record is. It's mad. Um, they're obviously one of the best partnerships, if not the best partnership in world football at the moment. But if you cast your, your sort of minds back to previous Spurs partnerships from an attacking point of view, what what, what partnerships stick out to you guys as your favourites or, or, or the best from over the years? Keenan Berbatov. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Jinx. I, mind, I, I tell you what, I didn't mind sharing them in Keen. Yeah. I know we didn't have it for that long, but I quite liked it. I liked, I liked that. It was, uh, yeah, lots of skills involved, lots of te- telepathy. Yeah. Sure. Uh, uh, um, Cole, 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 and York. When did they play? I'm. <laughs> <laughs> uh... I'm a Sheringham Klinsman. Oh. I think mean, I mean, just the two of them. I thought um, uh, Sheringham just went up, up a level. He went, he went up to, you know, to become a, an outstanding player after that season with Klinsman. Um, and he learned a hell of a lot. Just to have, I think, back in 94, to, to have a, you know, yeah, we had Gaza, and and Lineker, but then it just waned a bit, and then all of a sudden we had this signing of of Klinsman, which just you, know, you go, hang on, he's he's won the Golden Boot just now, so he's you know, and, and um and just his his movement off the ball, the way he would just create space, to get uh, get behind the defenders, and Sharon would just pick him out. Yeah, so easy, and they would just work so well together, and it was like telepathy, just knowing where each other were. I, I, and I would suggest that that is much more similar to to Kane and Son in terms of their um, yeah. the way that the way that we're playing now, and compared to how they played back then, I I would um, I would say there's a hell of a lot of comparisons there. Okay. Rafa and Crouch, surely. Yeah, that's the correct that's the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jack, were you going to say that? I was going to say Crouch and Rafa, of course. And any any way that I can bring Rafa van der Vaart into the conversation is, you yeah. know, that's why I set the agenda, so I get to talk about him for a few minutes. Um, and a special mention for King and Dawson as well. It's not a goal-scoring partnership, but that is one that we love. Oh, that was so good. So Gary Doherty and... No, he's not. <laughs> 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 God, imagine imagine a strike partnership of like Gary Doherty and Soldado. I mean, imagine how bad that would be. And the fact that Vincent Janssen on the two years. It was two years he persevered with with, with Bobby Soldier. 
so bad. That's so bad. <laughs> Never happening. We've got a huge game tomorrow night against Brentford, semi-final of the Cup. Jose said that it's his biggest game so far as Spurs manager. It can't be anything other than a win, right? Like we'd, It would just be disastrous if we were to lose that game. They're not bad. They've no, been they're not bad. They haven't they're lost not, since October. They're scoring... They've scored 36 goals in 22 games in the They're championship. They're at the top of the championship, aren't they? The championship. Yeah. Their striker, Ivan Tony, ex-Newcastle striker, is banging them in. So far this season, he's on 16 goals in 20 games. That's, that's decent by any stretch. Any, any judgment? I, I, it's, it's a tricky... It reminds me of one of those Europa League games against a fallen Italian giant where we could still trip up. You know, that yeah. it's there for a giant killing. I mean, yeah, as, as I said earlier about with us playing against Leeds and missing that game, I believe Brentford have also had their game postponed. Yeah, that, yeah not they did. COVID week. I don't, was it COVID or was it ICP? I think it's one of Bristol. The so I, yeah, I, I think it wasn't. I think it's not snowy around that that sort of band of Britain. Yeah, may, maybe they might have. Uh, yeah, I'm sure Bristol had the Rona, but but again, they're fresh coming into the into this game and that. That could prove tricky for us. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, uh, Brentford are probably one of the, probably the best run club in the football league in right. terms of um, you know what they do on on their budget. If you look at if you think of Brentford as in you know, oh, they're just a small club. They're not. They what they are. Yes, they're a small club, but they are so well run. Their their recruitment is better than anybody else they if you if you've seen the film moneyball or read the book um that is what they go by um and and they're not looking at people getting the first place but they're looking at um they're looking at xg they're looking at um uh you know goals per minute based on you know if they're substitutes if um and they're looking at out of favor players who just aren't getting a run in and they, they buy them and then sell them on for a massive profit. And they've made, I think, um, 100 million in the last five years from transfers. So they are 100 million in um, almost in the um, in the black. Yeah. Which has meant that they're able to um, to build on that. Yeah. And that's why they're top of the championship. And so even if they've got a team full of unknowns, or you don't know much about them. They've been selected. They've been purchased for a very specific reason. And yeah, I'm I'm quite worried about this game. Yeah, I mean, they'll have they, they, they have a, their fair share of of like top top team academic academy boys. They've got Pontus Janssen, um, that that lead Swedish nutcase. Uh, <laughs> Swedish, you know, do you remember that Pontus Janssen's? Yeah, yeah, led that fucking yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I, I, I think I think we're approaching this um, as we approach Leeds with the same mentality. Yeah, we have to, we have to, and it's a cup semi-final, so it's like you don't get to the semi-finals of a major trophy if you're not a decent team anyway, right? And we always say there's not a lot between the top of the championship and the bottom half of the Prem anyway. Like, you could swap those teams round and it would be much for muchness. The it's not a moneymaker, though, the League Cup, right? And that's the big difference. And winning the championship and then getting to the Premier League both separately are worth an incredible amount of money. Yeah. And so that will have to be a priority for them. Obviously, they're not playing as many games because of postponements, but that that might be something they have to consider. We, I, we need to treat, treat it seriously, and the, it's the players. I can see Mourinho taking it seriously. It's now getting that into the players. I think we'll win. I, I think, think we'll that you'll win. see the the type of team that he puts out will obviously be will be at full strength, but it will be the characters, you know, Dyer, Hoybier, Kane, the guys that will understand what this game is. Yeah. They'll all be in the side. I, you know, it wouldn't even surprise me if we're if we're unchanged from Leeds. Yeah. Uh, well, we've got Villa. No, no, no. We've got Marine. Oh, sorry. Yes, yeah, sorry, we've got sorry, sorry. The weekend and then Villa a week on Wednesday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so you should be able to play a very, very weak side against Marine and, yeah, and still get through that because that. I mean, the level Marine play. We we said this before. Marine only play 
like five leagues above me. So it's, it's like it should be, we should be able to send a real weak side there and still yeah. comfortably win. I think so. And I think I think he'll have been thinking that. Um, I also think that there'll be something in their heads about the fact that the final's been pushed back to the end of April. Mm. You know, that, that final could conceivably be in mm. front of a crowd. A decent crowd as well at Wembley. You know, and Spurs back at Wembley, you know, you get that winning feeling back at Wembley. We get that home um, changing room. We're going to love it. Yeah. We've, we've won more games at Wembley than anyone, haven't we? Granted, we played there for two seasons, but you know, <laughs> still won a lot of games. We had some of our best times there, didn't we? Yeah. We our best football there. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. So, so um, I, think, I think we'll feel pretty positive about a trip to Wembley in April. Mm. Yeah. Also, um, in terms of um, the Marine game, um, I think we need to talk about the, the virtual ticket that, um, that mm. Marine are selling and, and, how, and how it's not just the UK that um, people are selling those, that, that are buying those tickets. It's all around the world. I, um, I'm on a, um, uh, you know, Ospurs over here have been talking about it and purchasing tickets as well um and, it, and i feel like it's it's like um the late norian um yeah yeah fixture that we had earlier with earlier this season that didn't happen um and it just and i think it's um a real positive in terms of um uh, spurs as a community in terms of what um of how we're contributing to um to the lower leagues and and what we're doing and i think I don't know whether it's inspiration from from Harry Kane from um, you know being the sponsor at um, at Lake Norian or or what, but as as a community, I'm incredibly proud of uh, of Tottenham supporters for for getting behind um, causes like this. Have you seen in the last few hours? Um, uh, Jamie Carragher sponsored the shirt. Has he? Yeah, yeah. Dug out. Sorry, right. dug out some pre-match warm-up shot. Um, because, oh, cool. be, because of the, yeah, through his charity, the JT23 Foundation, they've lost about 100 grand in potential there's revenue no, to characters. So it's not just going to be his face then? Yeah, do you imagine? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So, what do we think then? Two, two, vic- two cup victories for us this week? It should, yeah. be, it should be nothing less than that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think um, obviously we won't take um, Brentford lightly. Um, but as 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 you pointed out, we've got we've got Marine at the weekend, and you know the likes of Lucas, um, Vinicius, they should be able to, you know, we could fully kind of rest this team and let let them go all out against Brentford um, tomorrow. Delhi, be good for Delhi. Yeah, definitely. Or tomorrow. Any of them? Or, or, oh, both. Okay. Well, there's a bit of speculation about Delhi now, isn't there? With Potch taking over at PSG. Is that going to be? Is he going to be a player that, that he goes for? If if PSG were to put a bid in for Delhi, would you sell him or would you keep him? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the would you sell him or keep him? No. But I want to grab Jose by the shoulders and shake him until he plays him. Would anybody sell? I. Not in January. I've not been happy with um, uh, with Delhi for a while. I feel like. Um, his, I, I, as much as I want to keep him, I don't think we're going to see the best of Delhi again at Spurs. I think mm-hmm. too much has happened in terms of, yeah, little bags of stupidity. Like probably there's been a lot, a lot more that we haven't even, haven't been privy to that have happened at the the, the ground and uh, at the training ground. And he just seems to be a bit of a liability off he's, the field. He's too unpredictable, isn't he? And too inconsistent. But there's something there. I just, I'd sell, but not yeah. in January. I'd, I'd, there is definitely a training ground subtext that we that we aren't aware of. I just want to talk mm. to him, like the back of the neck tattoo and the facial hair. Like he's he's hitting rock bottom at the moment. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> just, the thing that worries me about Delhi is that you know if we sell him. He'll end up being amazing at the next side he goes to, and it'll, and then it'll be like, oh god, like why do we get rid of him? It, you know, it'll be one of those. 
Look, look, I'm I'm with Jay on this that, you know, guys, we cannot forget that he scored. Look at the amount of goals that he scored for us. He scored over 50 goals for us. And I'm I'm sure we can get (laughs) big goals. Big goals. I'm sure we can get that. Big goals as well. But, you know, again, against um, all of my favourite goals. Against Stoke. I thought he was the best player. Yeah, he was on on the pitch. Right, take away the flick, and he was man of the match for me. Um, and that's that's seriously, I think he was man of the match. And I don't, I can't see how you can you can out a player for that moment, and you don't really say much about Aurier messing up. Yeah. Or you don't say anything about Doherty getting a stupid... You know, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, it was two yellows and one of them was really soft. But, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that much. He was getting into goal-scoring position like Stevie does. And I think it's there. I think he needs to run the games. I honestly feel like getting rid of him could be a big mistake. Yeah. Big, big mistake. Yeah, okay. I can't see how he would... Um, fit in in our system at the moment, yeah. unless he reinvents himself. You know, is he going to um, become a uh, a front three player, or is he going to be become a mid, yeah a midfielder? Either way, he needs to reinvent himself a little bit in terms of how he plays uh, in order to stay relevant in um, in yeah moving forwards. Yes, tactics change, and unfortunately, the number ten position has evolved into mm. a false you know like into a false nine or a, yeah. you know, which um uh which Kane or Firmino are playing whereas um but it's it, it's just such what his with the the levels of quality in his feet and his vision and his touch mm. it's 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 Van der Vaart levels. But the problem is he plays on when it sort of breaks down on the edge of the box, right? That's right. And we don't play on the edge of the box. And that's the big problem at the moment. He plays on instincts and um, he's incredibly intuitive as a player. And yeah. that's not what Mourinho likes. Um, when you look at um, how Pochettino played, um, I can't remember who who was interviewed. Um, no, it was... It was was it Delhi um, on on the Athletic? And he's saying about how what Pochettino does is that yes, you might try a little flick. No, it was Danny Rose talking about the the nutmeg that he did on the lift yeah. before um, before Mora scored his first, yeah. first or second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't and uh, and he said that yeah, um, Pochettino if it if it comes off, great. But if it doesn't, he will still encourage you to do it again. And and it gives you the confidence to express yourself on the field, knowing that he won't have a go at you for trying something, yeah. trying something different. And Mourinho is not like that. He wants players to follow his instructions to the letter. If you do what I say, this will happen. And Unfortunately, um, being such an intuitive player, Delhi can't do that. The yeah. thing that that Delhi does well is the extraordinary, is the the deftest of touches, just or or the back heel, or the or the turn, or the yeah, the flick, the nod on, whatever. Yeah, he does things that we don't, nobody else really sees, for possible, but. Yeah. Yeah. On the breaks, the way we are playing, the way we are transitioning on the break, I think it, I think Ericsson would do a job. Yeah. You know, somewhere, somehow, they they well, would where, still have a role to play. Um, well, Ericsson could play either on the um, um, in place of Bergwijn, or he could play where Winks was. Yeah. I just think uh, isn't you, you? I think I agree with a lot of what you said there, Dan, about Delhi. I think that. From my view of Delhi has always been that he's he's a Frank Lampard in terms of he gets numbers 
He gets goals and assists. He's not somebody that dictates playing controls football matches. He gets on the end of a cross or scores from where there's been a rebound in the penalty area. And like he gets you those numbers. And I think at the moment I look at what our at what our style is, and he Jose clearly likes two holding midfielders who are good defensively and can deal with the ball in tight areas and ideally can carry the ball forward. He has the creator who's somebody that has to be able to dribble past somebody and has got a massive passing range. So, so far, I don't see Delhi as being either of those guys. And then the front three, because we're playing so much on the break, you have to be mobile and you have to be quick. And Delhi's probably not that. But in all of those positions, the only one really that I could see him fitting into would be one of the front three. And ASD and I did a pod maybe three, four months ago. We spoke a lot about Delhi and we were saying that he needs to completely reinvent himself and I remember saying that he should look at somebody like Jack Grealish who plays off the side but actually doesn't play as a winger and has that free wrong can can you know dictate playing the final third and get goals and get assists but my worry is that I just don't see I, I struggle to see a different version of Delhi than the one that we saw a few years ago there's a brilliant player but in our system at the minute I, I just I can't quite see how he's going to get himself back in and I love him. He's 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 been one of my favourite players to watch at Spurs. Like the stuff he does, and honestly, the it's the silly little like it, it, you you you'd hate him if you were an opposition player or fan. And it's like I love that. I feel like we've we've craved for a player like that for so long that he's just hated and winds people up and does nutmegs and does flamboyant things. Like he's he's absolutely brilliant to watch, but I just can't quite see right this very minute where he fits in, which is again. Strange because you know I think we all forget when Jose took over the first thing he did was put Delhi straight back in the side and he started scoring goals and getting assists. Yes. So it's not as if he it's not as if there's no way back for him because he's played in in a Jose team at Spurs and done well. Um, and then you look at Ndombele who was like you know he he'd been hung out to dry there was no way back all of a sudden he's the first name on the team sheet. So there's always a way back but I'm just scratching my head a little bit about as to where can he get in. Well, well just, just your point about Greenish, he might be one of the plan, the plan B and the plan C that we need. Oh, I'd, oh, I'd love, love Greenish. I'd oh, go all out for Greenish. No, no, sorry, no, no, no De- Deli Ali. Sorry, the oh, way, the way oh, maybe. Plays, you know, off, 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 off the wing. Um, he, he could, be, he could be that plan B, that plan C. And but, I think that. But what you were saying, we're not, we're not, we're not buying Jack Greenish. No. We're not buying Jack Grealish. We need, we need we need to put that one to bed. That's Let not me dream. Let me uh, dream. Some I mean Jack. we may miss some if if we do if he does go to PSG and actually top and actually the club have come out in the, in the last thirty six hours and said he's not going anywhere. Mm. Club have just come and said that come out and said that. I I think there will there there will be collateral um, in the form of someone someone that we either recognise or someone just coming through the ranks at PSG. I'm am certain of it. I don't I don't think we'll just let him go on the cheap, um, unless there's a big horse trade that involves Hugo Lloris going the other way, and that that's the one that worries me. But um, but let's see. I, let's go get Donnarumma. He's on a free. Well, we talked about this last week, didn't we? Let's go get Donnarumma. He's on yeah. a free. Replace Sam, Hugo. Sam, were you gonna you were gonna say something about Delhi there? Yeah. Well, when you when you said about Delhi playing um, like a Grealish position out on the out on the wing you, we, we were just saying that Delhi's not the creative hub he, you know like the like Grealish is is the the main focal point for for creativity and at Villa and we know that that Delhi isn't that he is he's he's like the middleman he's the he's the guy that will will play you know will play a first time touch like first time flick into a um into a yeah to create a chance he's not someone that will create something from nothing as essentially you know he he will complement a good pass to him to then create a chance or he will complement in a way but he doesn't necessarily create anything from nothing in terms of maybe something happen Maybe in terms of, um, I just think you've got to get him as high up the pitch as you can, right? So he can make those runs. Yeah. So, look, he he probably makes the best the best like second and third phase run since Lampard, where it's like the first pass is going to get played, and he knows Kane's going to bring it down and turn there, so I've got to be here, and he's like he's one step ahead, and it's like 
you just got to get him high up the pitch. Like all this stuff about can he play central midfield and do what I'm doing? But I don't want to see him there. I want to see him high and linking up with Kane because that's that's when he was at his best. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, and the other thing is that I mean that's when we're chasing games. I can't see why he's not thought of as that option to come on to do that. You know, mm. we're, we're, when we're looking for a goal, why is it that Jose isn't thinking? Well, that's that's what that's what we need. We need we need someone who's further up the pitch, who's who has that attacking instinct. That um, yeah. you know, the other the other attacking midfielders probably don't have. I mean, Lamella's Lamella could be that, but he's not. He does a bit more than that. Lamella's better probably when you're 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 two nil up and you just want to take the piss. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're, we're chasing, you're looking for a like goal, isn't the option to come on and score or try and create a goal? Lamella's time's up for me now. I've, I'm I'm done with it now. I'm just like he's been in the club for so long. He's never fit. It's like I think now, like if we could get rid of him in January, that'd be a good bit of business for me. I just think he's he's past his sell by date for me now. I just can't see. I, I don't see the player that some people see now, I just see him never fit and putting in bang average performances. So he's one for me that I'd be quite happy to see him go now. Well, I want to well, have a word with him about this company that done. keeps hanging out the with that prick he... Lanzini. <laughs> oh yeah, let's, we, we should talk about that actually, shouldn't we? The madness of yes. so it's him, Lo Celso, um, Reggie and Lanzini. What? I mean, it's just absolutely crazy, isn't it? That's one that you it, it's just that they're so flamboyant and they don't care that they're breaking the rules and they've all posed for a picture like do you know what I mean it's like I'm not saying they should be doing it anyway but you'd at least be a bit like oh we shouldn't be doing this maybe let's not have a group photo and put it on put it on Twitter just crazy yeah it's stupid I don't think it's Spurs res- people are asking what Spurs should be doing it's not Spurs responsibility to police what their people do outside of the work in the same way it's, no, it's none of the business of our work our employers um, Mourinho said it. He, they do everything they can to keep the players safe, but they should ban them from games and find yes, them. They should do that. I think fit. the FA yeah. need to come out and say, right, anybody doing that now, you're getting a free game ban. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, and that's just across the board, and then it's done. It's done and dusted. Then everyone knows where they stand with it. Stupid. Well, I, I think I don't know. I mean, if, I don't know if you guys have seen the the preview for the Brentford game. When asked Mourinho, when I asked whether Lamella was available. I think two journalists asked the question and he said firstly he's not available and then another journalist came in and asked well he played he's played the last two games so why you know why isn't he available and he, he goes oh, it's not for me to say I, I have a feeling that that's potentially that we may have be thinking about calling time on the mothers I've got I just I don't know I've got this a lot of sixth sense, but I feel that you, you know, for somebody who doesn't really injured so much more, yeah. you, you know, you you got to keep your powder dry, and this could have just tipped the balance for Jose because I think he looked at Lamella as someone that I should be trusting, and I'll give you a blind because you're not always fit, but I, you you know, you're always available if I if I need you there, and then you go and pull this stunt, or maybe I just I don't need that. No. How many Premier League goals has he scored for us, do you think? Lamella? Yeah. 10, isn't it? It's 16 that goals. Was... In total, he's scored 35 goals since 2013. Nearly That's a million no... pounds a goal. It's not good enough. I, I heard there was a clause in his contract where we pay an extra five million once he'd scored 30 goals. And in the Premier League, he's 14 away from that. It'll, it'll take him until 2028 to do that. It's And if you have a look at how many appearances in the league he's in the first season, nine, then 33, 34, then nine, 25, 19. Like, it's not good enough. Like, he did have that amazing game, that amazing series, uh, game in uh, year in Serie A, the year before he came to us, where he scored 15 in 33. Like, he had a really good year. But he's just never done it for us. The most he scored in a Premier League season is 28, 19, when he scored, oh, no, sorry, 15, 16, when he scored five for us. That's yeah. nowhere near good enough. You, you, you could say he was responsible for six goals at Man United. What? Well, yeah. So that's that's the best thing he's done for us in a long time. No, 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 is, no. Five. Is getting Martial sent off. Oh. So it's basically shit housery. Oh, God. That's not even footballing. <coughs> shit housery. That's brilliant. 
Yeah, let's get rid of him. This, this just if he's not yeah. an option, look, yeah, it's not a problem anymore. I mean, I love him for calling Jack Wilshire a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> we were at that game at Wembley. That was so good. <laughs> just see Jack Wilshire just going mental. And he just he laughed at him after he said it as well, and I think that was what <laughs> got him even more. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I've got a, I've got a really tough quiz for us to do today. Um, if we want to give we want to give that a crack. So yeah. I've gone back in the archives to I think the last time that we played Brentford in a competitive game. It was um, the League Cup, wasn't it? League Cup. Uh, if you've been looking at the same thing today, you probably have. Um, it's not a big it league, is it? September two thousand. So we've gone back 21 years to the League Cup when we played them and beat them 2-0. So who wants to... I can't to, believe 2000. Crack some of the players years that would have played uh, 21 years ago. 20 years ago. How old was I? Okay. 20 years ago. 20 years ago. So do you want, do you want some clues to get you started? Leeds are yeah. yeah. Okay, so the first thing, the form, formation, we, we actually played, it looks like a 4-3-3 this day. So the goalkeeper was, um, so we sold him to Chelsea. Um, he was a very good goalkeeper. We didn't have him for too long at this time. Um, Scottish, I think. Neil Sullivan. Neil yeah. Sullivan, correct, goalkeeper. Uh, right back, um, Irish, captain, Played for a long time. Best goal ever while playing Steve Carr. There we go. Right back. Um, then left back. How do we all scored an amazing one against us, which was better than that? So no goals better than that, Steve Carr. <laughs> <laughs> no goals better than that. Uh, left back. Uh, Ace, this one for you. Um, Leon Pio. Welsh. Uh, terrible player. Bit of like a fuck. Quite aggressive. Ended up putting in an absolute horror tackle on. Later in his career, Ben Thatcher. Ben, ben Thatcher. Was it? Ah, oh, so dirty. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <was>. Horrible man. <laughs> uh, then the two centre halves. Um, one of them really was sort of like a key player in this period. Were English, and the other one from Switzerland. Quite an intelligent man. Judas. Judas. Wasn't Judas. Skinhead, the Swiss one, wasn't he? But, is it Vega? Vega. Ramon Vega. Ramon Vega. Ramon Vega. Um, hasn't he gone to be like an investment banker or something like that since he finished playing Swiss, Swiss mate. They're all at it. Nazi gold. Um, the other centre-half, I'll give you this one because it sounds like you're struggling, was Chris Perry. Jeez. Oh, God. Chris yes. God, he, he was one of those players who just used to get his body in the way of a shot. How, like, no matter... How? Like I don't know. He just used to just dive in front of the ball. He had the face of a centre back, didn't he? Like you can tell he's yeah. blocked, he's blocked the ball a lot of his face. Yeah. I don't know if it was the last time I was on the pod, but I did say that I met him at that. Time. Yeah, we love this story. such a good story, John. Very pub is just oh, that was so Van good. Van Vega, um, he has a stake in a Romford jewellery shop called the Ministry of Gold but he tried to buy Portsmouth in 2009 but he couldn't and he's also he stood for the FIFA presidential elections that's right what he got sent that's off in our first ever ga- in his first ever game just for us good looking boy yeah uh, let's move on to midfield so German holding midfielder, terrible at football. Stefan Freund, correct. Um, Second century midfielder. um, Second century midfielder. um, Captained Blackburn when they won the Premier League. Managed that horrific spell. Excellent, excellent TV pundit on Australia TV. Jim Deadwood. (laughs) The manager with the best winning percentage of any Spurs manager ever. I still hate that moment when he brought the fan on to do some fanning in the G and gave him a gilet. Remember that? I hated that man so much. It was, of course, Tactics Tim. Oh. And then uh, third central midfielder. Um, I believe he was Norwegian. Often played on the wing. He was Norwegian. Often played on the wing. Um, 
Leonardson, correct. So it came right. to my head. Fjortfett, did he play for Man United? Remember him? Remember him. Anyway. And then front, front three. Don, uh, you're loving this era. Yeah. Smashing it. From I know, I know this era, though. This another, is, this is another Norwegian up top. Everson. Stefan Everson. Yeah. And then um, on the other side, oh, God, this guy was so bad. So we signed him. He's Ukrainian. Like, big reputation. Like, we were all buzzing when we got him. Yes. Like, oh, two or three goals. He was so bad, Sergei Ribrov. He was so bad. I thought he had a great so touch. I literally thought he had a great touch. I was expecting great things. What was it, 12 million? Something. It was a lot of money, that, as well. A lot, a lot of money. money. Like, and he was so bad. The only goal I can remember him scoring was, I think it was right at the end of the season, and we beat Man City away 1-0, and it was our first away win of the season. And it was like the second to last game. We hadn't won away all season, and Rebroff popped up with one. It was like, here we go. This is you know, you know, going to be the start of his first grit. And no, still terrible. I was uh, there that day. Was you? In your <laughs> And then the final final striker, um, English, um, is an unofficial sir. A um, bit of a brute up top. Les. Excellent in the air. Les. Les, yeah. Sir Les. Les Ferdinand. So, I mean, it's a pretty dreadful side. So, it's Neil Sullivan in goal. Steve Carr, Chris Perry, Ramon Vega, Ben Fischer, <laughs> Stefan Freund, Oivan Leonardson, Tim Sherwood, Les Ferdinand, Stefan Everson, Sergei Rebrov. Quite a lot of Nordics in God, there. that team would get relegated there, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. God. So bad. So Just bad. Do you reckon they'd have more points than Sheffield United? What kit would we be wearing then? Was that pony years? Pony. Obviously, it was pony. But was it pony? Oh, it's very pony. Oh, yeah. That was a great badge on that one, wasn't it? Like a bit of a crest on it. Between no one world class. Not one so was, world class player. Was Raw Fox must have been in that squad? No. Um, Raw Fox. Did he not have been in that? In that doesn't court? give me the bench, so he might have been on the bench, maybe. But oh, no. I know. Our kit then was the Holston Adidas one. Oh yeah. Didn't we have a lovely away one that was like blue yellow. sleeves but yellow, like a yellow torso? Yeah, it was. And then we well we had three. It was the white one with the Adidas strips. Then we had a navy blue one with sort of white underarms. And then the third, must, it must be the third, was the yellow with the blue underarms and arms. See, I get, I get mixed up because when I think of that kit, I think of Hoddle. I think Hoddle's manager. I don't... So, George Graham was manager, right, of that team? Uh, I think so, yeah, because we would have won the league at the Worthington Cup the year before. Yeah. Uh, it's funny because I was I was just, I always think of the Adidas kit and I, I always think of Glenn Hoddle being in charge when we had that. But Glenn Hoddle trying to get Chris Perry to play out from the back. What's your, what's your favourite kit, Don? Um, I don't know. Um, Kappa. Probably the away Adidas. It's like a, a sort of turquoisey blue blue kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the player you think of when you think of it? Um. Sharing them, I think. Yeah, sharing them. Because you just associate the player in the kit, don't you, from that time? Yeah, yeah. I don't like the kit, but the old the Kappa Thompson ones that was white with the blue sleeve, I just think of Ledley. Hey, David. Oh. Ledley. Yeah, yeah. Because he scored that bullet header against Arsenal. And I was like, that. I just can picture that moment so clearly. I just I love those Kappa kits because they came out... The whole point was they were stretchy to show when your your shirt was being tugged. But then didn't the, the shop like sell out of XLs in like record time? <laughs> because yeah. and then they looked awful on everyone who wasn't a professional athlete. I got one really cheap, maybe like six months ago on retro kits or whatever, and got an XXL and it arrived. And I, I didn't, I don't ever wear them. I've just got, got, a, got a collection of shirts. So I was like, I'll put it on and I could not get out of it. I'll put it <laughs> yeah. on. And I'm like, this is an XXL and I, I literally can't get it off. I'm going to have to stay in it. The Welsh Kappa one has been in my gym bag for. I use it all the time, and it's it's it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Anyway, may I am so <laughs> at the moment. I'm a disgrace at the moment. I thought for for those of you that are listening, ASD stood up there and said that, and I thought we were going to get some sort of show. I'm a disgrace. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He was going to get his kit off. We can all dream, Jay, can't we? <laughs> 
<laughs> John, the only time I went to, uh, I did one of them um, uh, calendars in uni, you know, the, the calendar girl style calendars for Welsh society. I was Mr. March and um, <laughs> I only went to one club in uni. I'm not a clubber. Uh, and it was to do the launch, and I did the topless uh, walkway down the middle of the club. Oh with, my God. That was organised, yeah. Absolute. Gun, the, gun, the guns of SD. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if there's anybody out there that wants an Echoes of Glory calendar, get in touch, because we've got oh, Mr. Yeah. Mark sorted already. Done. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so in for that. <laughs> we've got enough to do it, I think. We've got a few. It could be, could be, could be done easily. Oh, I've seen Don's, Don's grin is as wide as it's ever been at the thought of it. So just conveniently place mics. It'd be amazing. Yeah, funny. Um, any more for any more? Um, easily. Uh, um, yes. Southampton is still beating Liverpool one 0 Half time in it. Yeah. <laughs> Go on, Dan. Yeah, um, I've got. Um, so the the Leeds game um yeah I went to uh, went to the pub to watch it but the reason why it was I mean 11 11:30 at night kickoff and over in in Melbourne we've got um uh the Melbourne chapter of the Oz Spurs um at the Imperial in um in central Melbourne but it's just really really hard to get to um late at night and and stuff so um a lot of people on the Mornington Peninsula um have got together and created another chapter and it was their first um first meeting um the other night for the um for the leeds game we had about 27 turn up at um, uh, the the pier hotel at um down in frankston and um and it was great it was just um one of the things that um is quite difficult over here is one finding someone who likes who follows Premier League football as much as you, and um, and then two is finding Spurs fans. So to um, to be able to meet up with uh, with a lot of people that support Spurs is quite rare over here, unless you live in the city. So um, so yeah, I went down there. Um, Kieran, who um, who organised it all, he's saying like during lockdown, um, you know, getting a bit depressed because there weren't any people around to talk to about football, let alone Spurs. And um, and just um, brought brought us together just from Facebook group and getting involved and it was and it's been it was great to meet up with a lot of people whether it was um, expats from the UK or um, an island or um, or um, people who live on the peninsula and um, and it was just a, a really good evening and um, yeah just if uh, yeah hopefully it'll carry on. Yeah, that's fantastic. Like, so, I've got so much time and respect for people that like put the effort into organise something like that as well, because it's it's yeah. not simple and straightforward. Mm. So I, I think it's absolutely brilliant that, that that you know people have got together for that. So that's fantastic. Mm. Lovely. I enjoy. Brilliant. Well, chaps, a pleasure as always. It's great that there's been five of us on this week. We should try and do this again, and the, the more the merrier with the podcasts. And um, thank you everybody for listening at home. I remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's Lily White. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff.
We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.